everyone. This is Alan Schimmel, Editor-in-Chief, DevOps.com, and we're here for another DevOps Chat. Uh, our guest on this episode of DevOps Chat is Sarah Plattenberg of IBM. Sarah, welcome to DevOps Chat. Thank you. It's great to be with you again. Great to have you on again, Sarah. As, as you know, we we spent so a good half hour chatting before we went on on air today, just catching up, and it's always great to hear what what's going on in your world. And obviously, uh, one of the big things is you now have a new title at IBM. I'm not even going to attempt to repeat it because <laughs> I mess it up. I'll leave it to you to to tell our audience what what exactly is your new title, Sarah. Uh, my new title is um, I'm a design lead, lead designer for um, the offering management section of our cloud technical engagement organization. So I'm a senior consultant specializing in applying design thinking to our business and helping our clients apply design thinking to their businesses. Absolutely. And, and you know, though that may not roll off the tongue, it's actually a mouthful of in terms of how important and how much value IBM puts on this whole concept of design thinking. But Sarah, some people in our audience may not be familiar with design thinking. Design thinking 101, for people who don't know what it is, how would you describe it to them? Design thinking is um, about understanding and then innovating in a really human-centered way. Um, we understand the person that we're building something for. We understand their current situation. We understand the greatest pain points they have, or uh, if you're bringing something new to the market, what's the greatest opportunity for your business? And then we innovate around that by uh, really, we have some really great techniques and tools to help people come to ideas that they would not have come to if they were just sitting down doing a, what I call a typical brainstorming session. Mm -hmm. Once you have those ideas, you have to take those and put them back in the context of that human being's world. How many great ideas have we all come across? Uh, I, the example I give is that I have 150 applications on my phone, and I use, honestly, probably 15 of them. Yeah. There are a bunch of great ideas, <laughs> yeah. but they don't reach me in the right way at the right time. So uh, design thinking is really a set of us, uh, the framework and a set of tools around um, helping bring all of those things together. And in IBM, we use it to bring the right technology to the right person at the right time. Excellent. Yeah. So, Sarah, as we said, design thinking is about 25 years old. It started down in the, in the Bay Area, but it, it's really caught caught wind or caught head uh, tailwinds at IBM and and it's a major part it was a major part of for instance the uh, the blue mix garage and garage method and, and so forth that we've you know spoken before about and we featured on devops.com before so for our audience how does this kind of relate to the whole devops thing and, and what's going on in the world of devops today um, so, you're, yes, design thinking has been around for many years. What IBM has done with design thinking is said, you know, we really need to apply this. We've done three things. The first one is to say we really need to apply this to the way that we work as a business. We need to understand how we're positioning ourselves, how our clients understand us, what they need, and really target IBM's capabilities towards those. And in some cases, even 
a, a couple steps ahead of the game. What we see coming in the market, which is really where the cognitive capabilities and the way that Ginny Rometty is steering our company, that's where that comes from, is understanding. Um, that's really the heart of design thinking. The second thing that IBM has done with design thinking is help us use it at scale and teach our enterprises to use it at scale. It's easy to do design thinking in the small, but to do it when you have a development team of 250 or when you have a development team that's in India, China, and New York, that's a different ballgame. So uh, IBM design thinking, the IBM part of that is at speed and at scale. And then the third thing that we've done with it is what we've done in a garage, which is really to take an incredibly lean and integrated approach. You don't have to integrate design thinking into your development, but we do. And we do that in the garage, and it's just been amazing because it's helped people use design thinking and kind of allow it to permeate everything that they do. So when we put it at the beginning to understand who the user is and, and come up with innovative ideas and then design those and develop them for users towards business outcomes, but we also use it to say, okay, now you've adopted the cloud. Client A, let's pretend, you know, I'll just talk about a client without using their name. You've adopted the cloud. You've brought in the IBM Bloomers Garage method. You're iterating really quickly. Your agility now means something to the user. Before that, without including the user, agility more often has strong IT economic benefits, but it doesn't always forward the business. And so design thinking really connects those two things together. And then once you adopt the cloud, it, it ripples. The, the impact of that ripple. So you can't run your operations organization in exactly the same way that you did before because you have different tools and you're running at different speeds or maybe you're running at just one speed that's a lot faster and um, you have somebody else managing your cloud. So what does it mean to do DevOps? So we created a design, we applied design thinking to how people reorganize their, um, their operations organization. And that's been a great uh, tool for us both to learn as IBMers about how our clients need to shift and also to help our clients really take an outside-in approach, a human-centered approach, to how they're going to run an operations organization. Um, and, and I think the last thing I would say about that is you can also use design thinking at the business process level as well. So it's... Um, I could go on and on with this answer, <laughs> but oh, I would say okay. it's, it's really stepping back and looking at the big picture and understanding rather than following the thread. You know, it's taking a holistic approach rather than a linear one to operations. Yep. And, you know, Sarah, one of the things about the garage and the garage method is really kind of taking this design thinking kind of way, if you will, and 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 applying it to in real world to you know, to scaling at enterprise levels in in a agile fashion, right? And and by agile, we I don't necessarily mean like agile manifesto scrum, but agile in a, in a larger sense. And and Sarah, that's actually something that you and I spoke about off off mic earlier, and that is what you know what I call or what Gartner actually calls this concept of agile IT. But it's also something, as you pointed out, that has been, you know, preached from the highest levels at IBM now for the at least the last couple of years, which is kind of agile everywhere or, you know, going agile, if you will. Why don't you, if you can, share with our audience a little bit about 
what what you what that means to you and what you know what is IBM's kind of vision on that? You know what that means to me. Um, I can't separate my uh, my life at IBM from my life as a designer when I answer that question. Because um, I'm a designer because I think like one. I didn't choose to be one. It kind of chose me. Yeah. And from that standpoint, I th- <laughs> I think that agile. The, o- the only reason to be agile is to be responsive. There's no other reason you would need to be able to shift quickly if, if, unless you're in response to something. In my world, that's a user. And a user can be my manager. A user can be my team when I was managing a design team. They're my clients. They're the people I interface with because I'm doing something for them. You know, wherever I'm doing something for someone, that's my user. I need to be agile. But as we talked before, where agile meets non-agile, mm-hmm. you end up with a kind of a mess. It's a little bit of a, there's cognitive dissonance. <laughs> People can't work together because they're working in two different ways. And the square peg in a round hole. And so the, the concept of agile in the large, let's all operate in the same way and let's all have that way be inclusive, meaning we integrate together. We know how to uh, pass information together. We are all aligned around the same priority. So when you ask me for something and I say I can't get it done because of X, Y, Z, you say, yes, I understand that actually. Let me make sure, let me put this in the right priority. And are all responsive to changing business needs. I think that's the most important thing is when the tide shifts, we all see it together because we're aligned together. We can then respond together. And it's, it's an incredible way of working. Jeff Smith has brought this into the CIO's office. And um, it's been incredible, the results. I wish I had them in front of me. The, re- the reduction in the amount of time spent getting things done, streamlining the organization, and I like literally mean streamlining the organization. It's gotten smaller, it's tighter, it's faster, it's more responsive. We're now rolling that out under Sean Riley, who's the vice president, moved over to GBS, our global business services, and that's now an offering for our, our clients. And it's very, very interesting to our enterprise clients who are having to do more with less. I hate that phrase, but it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're having to be more responsive because business is changing so fast. The conversations people have now about the cloud are vastly different than they were only two years ago. So if enterprises can't be responsive not only to emerging technologies, but to what their users need and how the markets are shifting, they're not going to they're struggling, you know, and so this is really a fantastic answer because it's not a thing that you buy. It's a way of being and a way of thinking and a belief system. And it, it, uh, I think the last thing I'll say about it is it really allows the people on the ground to use their capabilities to help change the business. Instead of being told what to do, they're leading with what they know within a framework that uh, gives them a voice and gives them a method of working together. It's just it's fantastic work. Excellent. Excellent. So, Sarah, as you mentioned at the top of the podcast, you recently moved into a, a new role. And, you know, where before you, you kind of really worked in the garage or, and around design thinking with the garage and garage method, you're now helping IBM's sales, marketing team, customer engagement teams both understand design thinking internally there 
as well as taking those lessons and bringing it to market to to IBM's clients. Is that correct? Fair to say? Yes, it is. And um, in that role, Sarah, and and I'm sure you're very excited. It sounds like an exciting new role, and we all like to you know embark on new new opportunity. Um, what what does success look like for you there? Oh, what a great question. <laughs> um, success, I often define success for myself as uh, having created something that doesn't need me. Because if it needs me, then it's more about me than it is about an outcome. So I will say that um, that's the preface because my answer might, without that, sound a little, a little weird. Success to me is that I can stand back and watch our clients move from the beginning of their cloud journey to the point at which they have a hybrid cloud and they're running in the cloud method and getting tremendous value out of it and hopefully even um, having spread agile methods throughout their business and adopt design thinking and that human-centered approach. And they're doing beautifully with IBM's tools integrated with, with anything else that they may have. I want it to be easy for our clients to find what they need on the cloud, about the cloud, on the cloud, methods, tools, understanding the capabilities on Bluemix, and growing their businesses with those and being independent and thriving on Bluemix. Great. That, that is great. And, and so, I mean, the, the Bluemix and all of that is still there. One, one last, I think we have time for maybe one more question we can do go into, Sarah. And, and that is, I wanted to talk to you about the concept of multi-clouds, right? We, 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 we've, we've become more nuanced in our understanding of what it means to move to the cloud. We're not, we're not all moving all of our infrastructure up to Amazon or, or Azure or one of these public, you know, infrastructures or service providers. Cloud exists in many forms, right? We have we have public cloud, we have private cloud, we have hybrid cloud, we have lots of flavors, if almost as many flavors of computer clouds as there are clouds, different types of clouds in the sky. What what does this mean to you and, and in, in, in terms of your role? It means understanding the people who are having to make the decisions. I think that your analogy of clouds in the sky is, is really, it's a great one because you don't, we can't expect people to only want cirrus clouds and here comes the cumulonimbus cloud. No, I'm sorry, I can't have that. It's not gonna work for me, I only do cirrus. That's not how the world is. We have to be comfortable and understand people are making different decisions and connecting these different clouds together and often I actually meet clients who have one area of their business using one cloud and then another area using another cloud because the business folks had a small little consultant group who's working um, on Amazon and the IT organization decided to go with Bluemix and now they have to figure out how to integrate these two. Um, that's the world we live in and people make choices for reasons and if we understand from a design standpoint why do you have these multiple clouds, how are they working together, where do you want to keep your business? Then we know how to fit these things together and knit them together. 
and, and do automation. In fact, we have some automated tools that say, okay, we can run a dashboard that helps you see all of your clouds. So IBM no longer believes in backing up the IBM truck and saying, us for the highway. That doesn't work. It's not the kind of world we live in. And um, everything is integrated. It's really the name of the game. And so for me, it's understanding how people got to where they are and understanding where they want to go and being able to bring them there with what they have. Got it. Got it. Well, Sarah, we're about out of time. So we need um, we need to end things uh, in a little bit. But I want to, first of all, thank you for appearing on this episode of DevOps Chat. And secondly, really wish you nothing but the best of luck with this new uh, role and responsibilities. We'll be checking in to see how things are. Um, and then, of course, we'll see you next year, hopefully, at IBM Interconnect. And, and we'll that'll give us, you know, maybe six months or eight months of of retrospective to take a look at and we can see what it's about. Oh, I, I count on seeing you there, Alan. <laughs> okay. Um, that's, I guess we'll call it a wrap on this episode of DevOps Chat. Sarah Plattenberg, IBM Design Thinking. Thank you so much for being our guest on this episode of DevOps Chat. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps Chat and DevOps.com, and we hope to see you soon on another DevOps Chat.